I had come across the book titled Go Giver back in 2016 when my mentor Vikrant Goyal had gifted me the book. Now, I was in a sales role back then and uh, you know sales gurus and coaches used to come to our office and teach us various attitudes, preach various things and one of the significant things that they used to preach was a go getter attitude so that you can achieve more in sales. Now, here I was reading a book uh, which was titled totally opposite go giver which was really different for me so i read the book because my mentor had uh, gifted it to me and i implemented one of the laws the law of value which says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment now i was amazed and so i said okay why not apply it so like i told you i was in a sales role back then and as an account manager for one of the biggest clients of our organization I decided to help the client with ready presentations which she used to show to her management every quarter for showing the impact that uh, using our platform brought. Now she was doing it by herself until now and this was not a part of our offering too but out of the requirement to apply the law implement the law I did it and I shared the presentation with her and it was magical what happened after it was totally out of anything we could expect there was an order which was pending for more than a year and the amount was double the value of business that we're currently doing with them and uh, we got that order i really don't know if there was anything else but we we didn't do anything different than me implementing this uh, law with her well the go giver laws work beautifully and uh, i also feel it's a more satisfying experience overall bob berg a wall street journal and a business week bestseller author has authored this book which gives five laws through a beautiful story as a mantra to achieve great success in life the best part being it doesn't matter how much money you make or how much you're willing to spare you can still make a lot more quickly if that's really your goal bob makes an amazing counterpoint in the book to the age old wisdom of go getters and has proposed to test it rather than believe him I must tell you I applied all the five laws myself just like the protagonist does every day after learning the laws in the book one at a time and I've seen the results for myself. I read this book back in 2016 like I told you and I did it again for this interview and it was a lovely revision for me and I must tell you that uh, not in my wildest dreams had I ever expected to speak to Bob one on one like I am in this interview. So I guess uh, this was a miracle this was an outcome of probably applying his teachings. because i think the universe does work in mysterious ways and things that have never happened before happen all the time well before we welcome bob to the show here's a quick shout out to a fellow podcaster are you hesitant to venture into your kitchen or hesitant to begin with nice fire and electricity in the kitchen want to understand how to do things efficiently accessibly and safely well rasoi ke rahasya unveils all those secrets and more in this podcast by pail kapoor who's a blind professional from the hotel industry She is originally designed to help the blind and visually impaired find their way around their kitchens. She has created a first of its kind knowledge resource and it is easy of making every novice a master in this space from orientation to identifying from basics to complex. In the world of experts there lies a lot of secrets to explore. Check out Rasoi ke rahasya on YouTube now. So well without further ado let's welcome Bob. Hi Bob it's a true honor to welcome you on Secrets of Storytellers. How are you? 
Well, hello, Shabam. It, it is my honor, and I so appreciate your very, very kind words and to, to know that you have found value in John David Mann's and my book and, and that you want to share it with others is absolutely something very, very meaningful to me. So thank you. Thank you so much, Bob. Uh, I must tell you, I'm a bit nervous. It's a fanboy moment for me. <laughs> no, no need to be nervous about me, believe me. I'm sure. Not an issue. Right. Uh, so, Bob, uh, like you said, uh, we are taking this opportunity to share the super success mantra from your book, Go Giver, with all our listeners. And uh, we'll start with a few questions. So, I want to understand the terms Go Giver and the term giving first, because, you know, these are very broad terms. Mm -hmm. Everyone could interpret it for themselves. So, why not set the context in the ground, right? Yeah, so when when John, my co-author, John David Mann, and I talk about the term go-giver, it's simply a person who has learned, or maybe always intuitively understood, that shifting your focus, and this is really where it all begins, you're shifting your focus from getting to giving, understanding that doing so is not only a more pleasant way of, uh, a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's actually the most profitable way as well. And not for any kind of way out there, woo-woo type of magical, mystical reasons. It actually makes very rational, logical sense. When you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on helping others, discovering what the other person needs, wants, or desires, helping to solve another person's challenge, just like you did with that client you were talking about a few minutes ago, being focused not on yourself, but on helping them to win. Well, you know, people feel good about you. They, they want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They often want to do business with you. They want to tell others about you. So, you know, again, there's, there's nothing magical or mystical about it. it. It makes a lot of sense help other people, focus on bringing immense value to others, and you create that context for your success as well. Right. But then, Bob, uh, you know, the go-giver mantra for success as against the go-getter attitude sounds really counterintuitive. And I'm sure you've heard this multiple times in the last 14 years since the first print came out. Having read the book and implemented the five laws, I totally believe in it. But uh, I'm, I'm curious, why is the world still working on something which is totally opposite to it? So uh, it's a, a great question. And, and I think what we need to do is really look at the different terms and maybe define them a little bit differently than what we might think, okay? Because, you know, when we think, when we say go-getter, well, what is that really? Well, see, John and I, we would say we, we love go-getters. Okay. Because a go-getter is someone who takes action. See, I think a lot of times when people say go-getter, what they mean is go-taker. That person who just wants to take, 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 right? We would say the opposite of a go-giver is not a go-getter. The opposite of a go-giver is a go-taker. That person who, who feels entitled to take, take, take without having added value to the other person, to the process, to the, the situation. We would say a go-getter is simply someone who takes action, right? Who goes after it, who makes things happen. Now, we, we both know, because we're in business and everyone listening to this is, is in business, and we know that you can have the best ideas, the, the nicest thoughts, the greatest of intent, 
But unless action is put into the mix, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. So being a go-getter is, is, is great. Now, when you can be both a go-getter, person of action, and a go-giver, someone who's focused on bringing immense value to others, that's a powerful combination. So we would say, be a go-getter and a go-giver, just don't be a go-taker. Now, at the beginning of the book, remember Joe, who was the protege, and Gus said to him, you know, you're a real go-getter, Joe. And Joe said, oh, thanks, Gus. And Gus said, don't thank me yet. That's not because being a go-getter was a bad thing. It's that Joe was a go-getter, sure, but he was also very much a go-taker. It was always about Joe. It wasn't about what he could bring to others. It was about what others could bring to Joe. What Joe learned through the story and through the five laws was, sure, be a go-getter, be person of action, but make that action about, about making it a win for others. And as you do that, again, you create that benevolent context for success. You've got people on your side. You're developing your army of personal walking ambassadors. You know, again, going back to what you did with that client, that was the perfect combination of a go-getter. You didn't just think of nice things you could do. <laughs> yeah. You went out and you did it. You found, where can I add value to this person's life in a way that most other salespeople in my position wouldn't even think of doing that? Mm. Okay. Right. And what did that do? It created that no like, and trust. She knew, she knew that you had that Chubum had her best interest at heart. Makes sense. Uh, that really clarifies and helps understand the logic behind it better. But just to add, is being selfish the same as go taker or is it different? Yeah, I mean, I think that in, in the way that people use those terms, such as selfish and, and so forth, yeah, it, it would be in that regard because that go-taker is really not concerned about, about others. Now, don't get me wrong. They know they have to add value to others in order to, to have the sale take place, but they're doing it as a means to an end, okay? It's, yeah, in order to get this, okay, I'm going to have to give this okay but and again there's people who can be very successful financially doing that but it's a lot harder <laughs> it takes right. a lot more work a lot more energy you're basically in it by yourself as well as for yourself you don't have people who are out there wanting to help you and wanting to be part of your life part of your business so can you do it that way as a go taker sure and there are people who do that but wow what a difficult way to, to make a sustainable living all right don't think me of as a negative person, uh, but I'm just trying to poke holes and make sure we have everything covered. So my next question on a similar line, we hear a lot of people say and rather complain, you know, that they always give, they're always giving towards people and they never get anything in return. People in sales, they say, you know, they got great sales for their companies, but they don't get paid enough. Does the law, the five laws have its own way of giving back? Or is there a missing element? Well, there are a couple different questions in there. So let's, let's look at them. When you say somebody uh, brings in a lot of business for their company, but they're not earning enough money from it, well, I'd have to ask why. Why are they working for a company that's not paying them for the production that they're bringing in? You know what I'm saying? So it's not, again, there's no magic to it. If you're working for someone who says, yes, uh, you know, you bring in a million dollars for us and we're going to give you $10,000. Well, that's not a good thing to accept. 
Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, being a go-giver doesn't mean being a doormat. It doesn't mean being a martyr. It doesn't mean being self-sacrificial. Okay, so that's that part. Now, as far as I think the other part of the question is, well, I'm always giving value to others. And yet, you know, I'm, I'm not, the, the business isn't coming in. Not, so now you've got to ask, well, so why? Okay, because a lot of times people who say, oh, I'm giving so much value, are they really? First, what, what is value? Okay, what does it really even mean? Value, yeah, value is simply the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another human being that they will willingly exchange their money for it? So if they're not buying from you, it's because you're not effectively communicating the value in some way. But a lot of times that relationship is what provides you with the opportunity to communicate that value. And you might think, well, I'm giving you know, advice or suggestions or this or that, but how do you know that's what that person values? Nice. Okay, so we've always got to understand that value is not about what we believe is of value. Mm. It's not what we believe someone else believes is of, is of value. It's what they believe is of value. And the only way we can ever find this is by learning about that person. And so typically the people who say, well, I'm giving all this, but I'm not getting anything back, they're really not, you know, giving. They're giving as, as they kind of think they need to in order to have something happen. But, uh, you know, and I'm saying this only from experience in terms of when I do these diagnostics with people and I go through, you know, each of the laws with them. And it typically it starts just with that law of value that they're really not giving in a way that that other person finds it to be of value or they're giving with a with, you know, with kind of a an attachment, if you will to having to get back or right away or whatever. Well, a lot of times doing it this way does work very, very quickly. Other times it takes time. You know, timing is a big part of it too, because again, people aren't buying because you need the money. They're buying because they have a need, a want, a desire, and the timing is right for them to do it. This is when they need it. So there's a lot of things that go into it. So what we always wanna know is if you're doing this correctly, okay, if you're finding ways to genuinely benefit, bring value to another person as they believe it's of value, and you're utilizing the other four laws, the laws of compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity, yeah, it's going to happen. It has to. Would you, would you remember any specific incident where you were on a diagnostic study with one of your clients or someone whom you were helping, and it came out that what value they were creating was not the value the other person wanted? Any, any specific incident? No, just about every time. There's no... <laughs> I, to, to say specific, it's like, as in, have I ever said hello? Do I remember a specific time I've said hello to, to someone? Right. You know, it's just it's just how it is. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> uh, so, Bob, would you mind uh, telling us the five laws in your own beautiful voice? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. You're very kind. Yeah, the five laws are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The law of value, again, is providing such an immense experience and this starts from when you first meet that person through the, the relationship building process, the follow up, follow through, the sales process, the referrals process at every point, okay, uh, through the excellence and consistency and the attention and the empathy and the appreciation that you show 
It's providing such a wonderful experience that when this person buys from you, they feel they're receiving much more in value than what they paid for, while of course you make a very, very healthy profit. And remember, you know, we're talking about a very healthy profit. Being a go-giver does not mean you give stuff away. It doesn't mean you, you know, you're not doing things at a discount. No. In fact, go-givers tend to be very profitable because they tend they tend to be on the higher end of the price scale because remember, they're selling on high value, not low price. Okay. Now there's a time and place for everything, but Generally speaking, I want people to know go-giver does not mean you're giving yourself away. It means you're just like you did. You, you had the perfect example of, of being a go-giver in what you did. Right. Okay. And um, a law of compensation says your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us the more people whose lives you touch with the immense value you provide or give, the more money with which you'll receive. Nicole Martin, the CEO in the story, explained to Joe, the protege, that while law number one, the law of value represents your potential income, law number two, the number of lives you impact, that represents your actual value. So we can say exceptional value plus significant reach equals very high compensation. Law number three, the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, again, when we say place other people's interests first, that does not mean that you're a doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial. It simply means, as Joe learned from several of the mentors, that the golden rule of business, the golden rule of sales is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Well, there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward us from others than by genuinely moving from an I focus or me focus, a focus on ourselves, the go-taker, right, to a focus on others, the go-giver. Law number four, the law of authenticity, says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, As Deborah, the mentor in that part of the story, said, you know, all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are indeed all very, very important. They're also all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. But when you do, when you, as we like to say, show up as yourself day after day, week after week, month after month, well, people feel good about you. They feel comfortable with you. They feel safe with you. Why not? They know who they're getting. They know who you are, right? And uh, and that's when that relationship really, wow, it, it becomes, becomes solidified. Uh, law number five is the law of receptivity. And this is kind of what brings it all together. Because the, the law of receptivity says that the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving, right? And this really, what, what does this mean? That, yeah, you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in, right? You breathe out carbon dioxide. You breathe in oxygen. You breathe out, which is giving. You breathe in, which is receiving. See, some of the people who even tell you that, and this is the other, remember I said 95% of the time when people say that they're not, you know, they're giving and they're giving, but they're not. And so 95% of the time, it's, uh, uh, you know, something to do with they're not providing the value that they really think they are. 
But another percentage of the time is they're not allowing themselves to receive. They're sabotaging their own receptivity. Why? Well, look at the messages we get from the world around us all the time about money, about prosperity, about abundance, very, very negative messages. And the messages we do get, whether upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, everything we you know read and everything we hear, what is it that if you make a lot of money, you did on the backs of others or you did <laughs> something bad or you're not honest or you're not, we get this everywhere, right? And so that gets into the unconscious. It can cause a person to really, because who wants to think that, you know, they're a bad person, right? You know, who wants, now again, it's not conscious, it's unconscious. Yeah. But if you really think that, you know, money is bad or only dishonest people are wealthy and all those things. Well, you start placing yourself in a position of, of receiving a lot of money. And now those words in your unconscious are saying, but wait a second, what will people think of you? Uh, are, does it mean you did something wrong, right? And now, now we can almost push away instead of just receiving. See, what we need to understand is that money is simply an echo of value. Oh, nice. Money is an echo of value. It means the focus must be on the value we're providing another human being. It's like Zig Ziglar famously said, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Remember, people are buying from you for their reasons, not our reasons, because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. So if you can help people to get what they want, okay? You just need to allow yourselves to receive the money that they are willingly giving you in exchange for this value. It works out perfectly, but we need to allow ourselves, allow ourselves to receive. And those are basically the five laws. Thank you so much. It, it always, whenever I hear those or read those laws, it's just, it's just awesome to know about them time and again. Thank you. And I think the fifth law, like you say, is a very important one. And I think you've covered that in great detail in the, you know, the appendix section as well in the book, because uh, probably that is one of the laws which is not understood correctly, because, you know, people take this as a, I don't know, some notion that if I receive, if I take for what I'm doing, it's, it's not a good thing. Shabam, I truly, truly believe that we need to, as human beings, we all need to make a proactive study of prosperity because the information that we get naturally from the world around us is so negative that, and we can be brought down, we can be negatively affected by this. And that's why I say, you know, look up people such as Randy Gage, Bob Proctor, you know, people like Sharon Lecter, people such as um, Ellen Rogan, people such as Ken Honda of Japan, they're so, they're, they, these people, they blog, they write, they do videos, they write books, they have videos where they talk about abundance. And I'll tell you, 95% of what they talk about is the mindset. It's that important. And we need to hear these messages, even the same messages, over and over and over again and live, live in abundance. Lovely. Bob, uh, why does it work? Why does all of this giving work you know uh, in fact uh, if i were to mention a hindu an indian scripture gita not sure if you've heard about it of course sure. you have yeah great so it also mentions that the aim of human life is to serve unto others uh, and i'm sure a lot of other scriptures across the world teach the same 
what is the philosophical explanation to this whole law of giving? Well, first of all, as human beings, and I totally believe in and agree what you said, as human beings, we are designed to want to make a difference, a positive difference. We want to add value to life. Right. To, as John David Mann and I say in the, in the final book in the series, The Go-Giver Influence, we call it nudging the world forward. Okay. Now, as entrepreneurs and salespeople, we often do this through our products and services. I mean, we might be involved in other charities and other things too, but, but basically, as a profession, we do this through our products and services, okay? We want to make the world a better place. Just again, as you made the world better for that client of yours in a way she truly didn't expect, okay? We want to feel as though we're something bigger than ourselves, that we're autonomous, that we're free, and that we can make a difference in the world. Now, the good news is that as we make a difference for others, okay, people, again, just human nature, they know us, they like us, they trust us, they realize that we genuinely care about them, okay, and they are going to exchange their money for the product or service that they, this is just economics. I mean, this is nothing that we don't know. This is just how it is. Okay, so that's why it works. It happens to work out very naturally. And that's why the people who can focus on bringing value to others, okay, who can, as Sam, one of the mentors in the story told Joe, when you can make your win all about the other person's win, you will be richly rewarded. Wonderful. This is superb. Bob, one last question before we move to the next section. You have created value for so many people. Just by writing the book, I am sure you have touched millions of lives. What is the greatest thing that the book has done for you? Any personal story, you know, probably that jumps out of the numerous experiences people would have shared with you. Oh, well, what it's done for me is it's it's just made me feel very good about knowing that my work has made a difference. Okay, again, I think it goes back to wanting to know that we made a difference in people's lives. And the book has, you know, allowed me to reach far more people than I than I ever could have simply by speaking, which I've, you know, done for 30 years and and some of the other things I've done. So the 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 book has really allowed me to be in a position of of making an impact to a, a greater number of people. Well, that's great that, you know, you're giving that opportunity and you made uh, full use of it. Wonderful. So, uh, Bob, uh, we come to the last and concluding section of the podcast. Now, the reason we call this show Secrets of Storytellers is because across all of my episodes, I ask each of my guests this one question, this one common question to share a secret about the book or about uh, probably uh, while you were writing the book, the authoring journey with, uh, with John. Okay, so here's a, here's a secret of the book that's actually not a secret because it's right out there for anyone to see, uh-huh. but no one has ever mentioned it. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sharing something here that most people don't know, okay? Wonderful. <laughs> that in the book, the term go-giver is never used within the story. The title is The Go-Giver, and the last chapter is The Go-Giver. Oh, damn. But, but there's no one is ever called a go-giver. The term is never used, not even close. Yeah, I'm trying hard to think. I can't. 
Superb. Okay. <laughs> Now that's a wonderful secret, uh, which is Don't out there. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Love and what me. I mean is you can tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole idea. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much Bob for your time. It was lovely having a conversation and like I told you is it's really surreal for me because uh, I never thought back in 16 when I read the book I would uh, have this conversation with you. And uh, I would definitely first share this with my mentor because he would be extremely happy as well, I'm sure. Well, he's wonderful. He's a he's a great guy. And I'm so I'm so delighted that, you know, he had suggested the book to you. Thank you so much Bob. I hope you had a wonderful time as well. I sure did. It's it's really it, it's been an honor and you're a fantastic interviewer. I <laughs> really you know so how much. to make a guest feel comfortable and and conduct a, a great conversation. So thank you so much again for having me on. Thank you so much. Those are really kind words. Uh, and I'm really delighted I had you on the show. Thank you until the next storyteller and the next speaker. This is Shubham signing off. <laughs>